Welcome to Resolutions, a podcast about dispute resolution and prevention. For those of you listening, this podcast is brought to you by the ABA section of Dispute Resolution to increase the avenues where we can connect. Our hosts serve as interlocutors, engaging in conversations with members of the dispute resolution community about topics of interest in the field. My name is Caroline Stoffer, and I'm one of your hosts. Today, I'm speaking with Donna Douglas-Williams, Senior Director, Ombuds Program at Pinterest. Donna has a remarkable picture board story of her own that showcases her inspiring journey of starting an Ombuds Program within the tech industry. Donna Douglas-Williams, welcome to Resolutions. We are so happy to have you today. Uh, we know that you are the Senior Director of Ombuds Program at Pinterest, and we are thrilled to learn about Pinterest and the Ombuds Program there. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's really an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. I'm excited about our conversation. Likewise. So if you could get us started, can we talk a little bit about the origin story of Pinterest Ombuds program? And, and actually, before we dive in there, I do want to let our listeners know about Pinterest a little bit. It is a visual discovery engine for finding ideas like recipes, home and style inspirations and more. And so I kind of wanted to play with this a little bit and, and ask you, what is your life experience? What do you bring to the Ombuds program as you talk about this origin story of Pinterest and the creation of the Ombuds program there? Okay, that sounds good. I'll give you a little bit about my background. I'm I'm trained as a lawyer and I started my career many years ago as um, in-house corporate counsel and sort of moved relatively quickly into teaching business law. And still kind of early in my career, I found ombudsing and mediation and dispute resolution work. And I felt like this is it, like this, it really, the work really resonated um, with me. And I thought I can, I don't have to defend bad behavior necessarily. I can get in and really focus on fairness and resolution. And so I, I just, I think it just was a good um, match for me, sort of what I was interested in doing. And my skill set. And it gave me an opportunity to work with individuals in really what I thought was a deep and meaningful way. And so I've had a pretty long career as an ombuds working in different sectors. So I started in higher education and I worked with a lot of uh, UN agencies. I've worked in academic health centers and now I've sort of full circle back in the corporate sector, but in the ombuds role and, and now in the tech world for the first time. Okay, well, I'm seeing a beautiful visualization here as as we would in Pinterest, right? You know, that lawyer background, educational system. I mean, it's a beautiful collage. So how does how has this origin story for Pinterest Ombuds program? How has this journey been? Um, so for me, it's been a very positive one. I will be honest that and this is similar to a lot of origin stories for ombuds programs. It's sort of born out of some difficulty and challenge. And so a couple of years ago, there were some culture issues uh, 
raised by employees at Pinterest around um, like pay transparency, diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. So just perceptions around the fact that the company needed to do better and more around in some of those areas. And so there were several reviews. Um, a lot of recommendations came from those reviews. I won't go into detail about all of them, but one of them was the creation of an ombuds program. Um, and so I think they were looking for someone to launch this new program, which at the time there was a program at Twitter, but now we're the only ombuds program in tech. And so I, I think they wanted to launch a program that was both adherent to um, the International Ombuds Association standards of practice and code of ethics, but also one that was really aligned with the Pinterest mission and what we were really trying to do with the culture. And I think kind of the tech world um, generally. So that's kind of the origin story. And I'm really proud of what we've done in a short time in terms of developing this program and our program launched last year and how oh, wow. we sort of infiltrated is not the right word, but I think we've been involved in so many company-wide initiatives. And I think that's been a little bit different from my experience um, at larger companies where there had been established ombuds programs that were sort of doing a lot of their work behind the scenes and off the radar, which is a lot of what our work has to be. But I also think that we can engage in other kinds of company-wide initiatives, and that helps with education and outreach, which is really important for a new program. And maybe values, is values certainly one? Oh, absolutely. You mean our company values? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think part, really an integral role, a part of the role of an ombuds is to kind of promote the core values of the organization and make sure that our processes, our decisions, our behavior and interactions toward one another are always consistent with those core values. And so I always think that's one of the foundational things that ombuds have to sort of tie into everything we do. We have to sort of drop seeds of reminders like, does that consist? with our core values. So I do think that the values is so connected to the culture um, and the culture is connected to, to what our work is. Well, I think you mentioned a couple of things, but one of the things that I wanted to highlight was the ombuds day, how you were mentioning about there needed to be some diversity. And I know that this year's theme is diverse in role united in service. So this is actually pretty timely. And and what I'm also hearing is that has it been a busy year to roll out the ombuds program and making a diverse pool? It's been a really busy year, but busy okay. in a very positive way. I mean, we had to, what I call sort of build the infrastructure of the program. We had to build the teams. We, of course, you need staff to run an ombuds program. We had to build a budget. We had to get a case management system. We had to do outreach and education because this is a new role. People in tech are not really familiar with this role and this function. So there was a lot of that early on and that's, you know, exciting kinds of busy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we were just moving very quickly because then we started taking cases and we, we do education and skill building sessions. And we just wanted to make sure we had those cross-functional partnerships or 
collaboration is probably a better word when you're talking about the ombuds role because we don't really partner. We're not a partner, but we are collaborators um, with other units and, and with leaders across the organization. So I think, I mean, when I hear that theme, I what I hear in terms of that diversity in service is that the, there's several kinds of ombuds models. So like classical ombuds or long-term care ombuds. And I think the way that we do our work might look a little different, but there's so many things that we're focused on in common, like fairness and um, just sort of ensuring like respect and dignity in terms of not only how we relate to our visitors or clients, depending on what you refer to your constituency, um, but also those, the interactions in our organizations are grounded in civility and respect and dignity. And that those outcomes that we're, that we're always moving, trying to move toward, that they're constructive, that they're fair, um, that, that we are sort of focused on resolution in a really positive way, and that we help people engage in conflict um, or other kinds of problem solving with, with an in increased level of skills. Like I, I always like to think mm -hmm. we give people hope that those problems can be solved and addressed in the organization and we can reach some agreements and compromises and, and resolution. So I think we're we're united in that service. And I know that you've mentioned this a couple of times, but you keep mentioning ombuds and tech. So could you give us us listeners, um, a little bit more elaboration on that. Yeah, of course. Um, I think as a sector, the, the the tech sector is relatively new. I mean, and when you get to be as old as I am, like oh. a relatively new could be like 30 years. <laughs> um, but I think because the tech companies, just sort of the emergence of tech companies have been very fast paced companies focused on innovation, focused on what, how we can use to, how we can advance technology, how we can use it, you know, to better our lives as individuals and to sort of better the world that comes with its own set of challenges. I mean, I think we all know that we now are more aware of some of the hazards of some social media platforms and some of the effects that it has on young people. And so I think we have to be cautious around those things, but I think we can also focus on all the positive things that have come from tech innovations. But I think when, when companies are moving really fast and they're mm -hmm. achievement oriented and they're innovation oriented, some of those other skills that people need, like our managers, our leaders, our individual contributors might be sidelined. So mm -hmm. really effective communication and collaboration and listening and making sure that people feel safe and that their trust built in those relationships. I don't think there was always a focus on building those competencies. And I think that's where ombuds can come in and really help the organization see how important those skills and competencies are, we can have a role in helping develop them. And we can sort of create this picture and say, if you really want to optimize productivity, you've got to optimize morale. You've got right. to optimize positive, you know, collaboration and, and professional relationships. And these are the ways that we can do that. And I think we also create that space 
of safety where people can come and talk about their concerns, you know, their work-related concerns and have some sort of a forum for problem solving. They don't feel so alone. They don't feel like I'm isolated and I don't know how I'm going to work through this situation. So mm -hmm. I think just the way that therapy has been more normalized, thankfully, in mm -hmm. the last, you know, 20, 30 years, I think ombuds kind of normalized this place where you can bring work-related concerns and have some help and guidance and coaching on, on, on resolving those kinds of problems. And if I recall from Ombud's work, you know, a lot of the work is being a sounding board um, without the trigger of going straight to HR. And so, and I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of nods from you. So I, I'm glad we're on the right track here. Um, you know, I, a lot of what you're saying is rounding out the employee. And it also sounds like a way of advancing a supervisor or a manager to be more well-rounded, especially when they are having to lead a project people. Um, so this is, so Ombuds uh, um, has an incredible instrumental role here in the tech sector is absolutely. what I'm hearing. I, I absolutely believe that. And I'm really glad you brought up that informal component because that, I think that is so key to supplementing existing mechanisms in an organization that people don't have this binary choice of either I do nothing or I have to file a complaint or an appeal mm -hmm. and ask for an investigation that we're a middle ground, confidential, informal resource where mm -hmm. people can have a sounding board and they can maybe get a balanced perspective. Because sometimes I think people need to know what it, what is it that I need to do differently in this situation? Mm -hmm. I'm not just focused on this person who has somehow wronged me. Like, how can I change? Maybe I should be more resilient or maybe right. I should be engaging and communicating in a different way. So I think you're absolutely right that that informal component is really crucial. You know, I feel like there needs to be an ombuds in almost every household uh, <laughs> and organization. Oh, every organization. And I think that's IOA's goal right now. How do we make sure this function is in every organization? Because yeah. there's so many impacts and I think it's needed in so many, so many areas and organizations. But, you know, I get it. And I think for some practitioners, obviously, in the dispute resolution world, we get it, right? But knowing that you've been with Pinterest for almost a year, um, it has almost it been two a, years now? Oh, two years now. Okay. So, you know, does the company, do the employees get it? Or are there often kind of, you know, feeling like, I'm not too sure about this? What are I some challenges here? I think they do get it. And I think because it is new, and because particularly in tech, people have not seen it. Um, I think there are people that might be a little more reluctant, but I think there are more that appreciate that this is a new component of how to resolve problems, how to talk things through, how not to feel like you're going to be judged because you can't resolve a particular situation on your own. And I think, you know, I always say this at Pinterest, like the whole organization is high achievers. And so I think these are people who have moved really quickly through their careers. They're all highly intelligent and very creative. And I think when people hit a wall because they're in this difficult situation, 
having a place to go and talk it through and not feeling like anybody is going to know that this conversation has happened is really welcome and appreciated. So we've got, we've had a couple hundred cases since our launch um, a little over a year ago. And so I think that is an indication that people do welcome this function and that they're willing to sort of put trust in what we say we're going to do with respect to our standards of practice and our code of ethics. Thank you, Donna. And now I would like to take a moment to hear a word from our partners. We'll be back. Next Level Mediation Software is a mediator's best tool for advancing their online dispute resolution practice. It takes into account the psychological attitudes of the disputing parties and helps mediators find the key priorities to negotiate. Based on decision science and an easy-to-use interface, the Next Level Mediation Platform can handle the most complex disputes. Register today at nextlevelmediation.com for your complimentary 30-day trial of the subscription service and enter the code A, B, A, discount, 20 for a 20% discount. Welcome. So going back to the Pinterest origin story, were there any assessments or reviews or any pilot programs that were created so that you could figure out where you needed to navigate uh, this program and how to build it out? So we we had an, an external vendor, a company called Tequitable that provides ombud services externally. And so Pinterest started, um, I think the, the goal was to always develop an internal program, but we did start, and we still have Techwitable as our external uh, ombuds partner. Mm -hmm. So they provide a self-service platform if people aren't quite ready to talk to an ombuds and they'd like to just sort of go to this platform and say, I'm having this problem, I'm preparing for this difficult conversation with my manager. What are some strategies that might be helpful? And so that platform is helpful because it gives you sort of some strategies, kind of some action plans. Um, it kind of talks back to you things that you might need that you can go back and try to put into, into action. Um, so we decided to continue that partnership in case there were people, because I think the platform is a really valuable tool for our employees. We also built out internal resources. We've got a wiki page. We've got a lot of ways that people can get information. So that really wasn't an assessment, but it was a pilot. And so we used the kinds of information that Techwitable had gathered from our employees about the kinds of issues they were facing at work and we're sort of looking at our own data about what kinds of issues employees are bringing to us. And we've got our own case management system. So I think we're doing our own surveys internally now about, you know, we're trying to measure our outreach efforts. We're trying to measure how people, if they're benefiting from the skill building and mm -hmm. sort of development sessions that we're doing. Um, we, we do surveys about, for our visitors, which is what organizational ombuds call people that consult the program. So what their experience has been, 
what the outcomes of, of the cases were where they received support. So we're sort of constantly trying to assess what we're doing and we're asking people what other kinds of things would be helpful, what other kinds of um, educational sessions would be helpful. So we're constantly doing that as we mm. go, sort of, you know, what do they say? Um, building the car as you drive it. Um, yeah, yeah. But but it, I think that's just a part of a new program that you're constantly learning and sort mm-hmm. of putting those learnings into action as we move forward and as we continue to, to develop the program. So going back in the beginning of what we discussed and, you know, your origin story of in your experience as you were leading up to this role here, is this ombuds experience that you have today different from your previous ombuds experiences? Yeah, I think it is in a couple of ways. Um, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that the pandemic changed the way we all work. And I think particularly ombuds, who, who I think the mindset for ombuds in many respects were that that in-person interaction with our visitors is really crucial. And I think that now with so many people who work virtually, we realize not only can we do really impactful work, even if we're not necessarily in the same room with the person, but I think the tech tools that we have allow our visitors more privacy, more confidentiality, more control over their environment, all of the people that we work with are distressed to some extent. Mm-hmm. People don't come to ombuds to tell us what a wonderful day that they've had. They're, they're encountering a difficulty. And so I think being able to be at home or in your own office gives them more control. They don't have to walk into another person's physical office. They don't have to be concerned about who sees them or if if this is going to be discussed outside of the office, who's coming and going. And so I think in a lot of ways that makes ombuds work look different for me in terms mm-hmm. of the way I started my practice, because even though we did some work on the phone, a lot of my work was in person. So I think that's mm-hmm. one way it's different. I think in the tech world, it's very different because of the fast pace meetings are scheduled in 30 minute increments very typically. When I was in higher education, I used to schedule my ombuds meetings for an hour and a half. They may not last that long, right. an hour, sometimes even more, but I think the fast pace of tech, we schedule our visitor meetings for about 45 minutes now. So it's a little bit longer than the regular meeting, but not nearly as long as what I would schedule for. And I think we've had to sort of fit into the tech environment, but what it means is people are very efficient in terms Mm -hmm. of getting to what the issue is, what the background and context is, and we can move through those conversations a little bit more quickly. So yeah, it does look different in a couple of ways. I think that now that we have more tech tools, our data, our data capture and our data analysis on our visitor demographics, our case issues, what stories our ombuds visitors tell us, how that translates into issues and how that translates into the recommendations we can give our visitors back. I think it looks different now because our we have more sophisticated tech tools for us to do that than we what, did when, when I started practicing. What are some of the tech tools that are used? Um, I think 
people have different levels of, I think most ombuds have case management systems. Like when I started, a lot of people were doing those case counts manually, but when we do case coding, I think people are using case management systems again, that might have different levels of sort of functionality and capability. I think ours is, is a relatively good one, but there are a lot out there, but I think it's really important for ombuds to be able to analyze the, the case data so that we can complement and supplement other data points in the organization, like employee voice surveys, exit data, um, the data our investigative team has, the data our, our diversity and inclusion team has. So we can say, how do we put these pieces together and see how do we impact the culture journey in this organization in a way that's going to be positive and touching all fronts? Because we all have some overlaps in our work, but we have a little bit of a unique mission in each of those roles. But I think that frequent communication and collaboration is important. And if those other areas have really great data and the ombuds program is just like, well, we don't have data, but this is what we think is happening. Like we have to, we have to be at that same level. And I think particularly in tech, people want to see data. Right. And you need that quantitative and the qualitative information. So, right. Um, You know, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, Donna. I just want to know, and I think our listeners want to know, what is the biggest impacts um, that have occurred since this ombuds uh, rollout? Um, you'd probably have to ask like people across the organization. I can tell you my perspective on it, Caroline. Um, I think the way that we've impact, we've impact the culture in, in a positive way. I think part of what we try to make sure we focus on is a mentally healthy culture and well-being of our employees. So some of our collaborations have been with one of our, um, employee resource groups, we call them Pinclusion and Pinspiration groups. I love it. (laughs) um, But we have one that's particularly focused on mental health. And so we've done some collaboration with that group. Um, We've collaborated with our benefits and our people team to do a couple of workshops on, you know, how to build a mentally healthy culture. And we did that um, around this time last year because September is Suicide Awareness Month in October. We, of course, celebrate World Mental Health Day. And so we really wanted to make sure that we were focusing on, because a lot of what we do is about well-being of our workforce. And so I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of that we've done. And I think just creating that space, I call it that sacred space for employees to be able to come and cry and vent and just sort of have this forum to say, I really need help. And then we can send them back into their their roles, feeling a little bit more empowered and a little bit more hopeful that they're going to be able to get through this hiccup or this very difficult situation and not feel embarrassed that they've had to ask for help. And so I think creating a space that wasn't there before to be able to have these really meaningful conversations and needed conversations can be a big impact on the workforce and and on the culture of the organization. Beautifully put. And it's, it's a wonderful thing when an organization or institution can, 
can focus on the well-being of their employees. I mean, happy absolutely. employees, happy products, you know. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think our mission, the Pinterest mission is to give everyone the inspiration to create the right. life they love. And so I think we have to do it inside the house first. Like in order to create inspiration for pinners, we have to have inspired employees. And yeah. I hope we're playing a little bit of a role in that, making sure our employees are inspired. Hey, well, I'm feeling inspired by you. So thank you so much for your time today. And we are looking forward to Ombuds Day. It's in October. October 12th. Yes. October 12th. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. It always is, right? Yes. (laughs) And thank you so much, Caroline. This was an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. And so I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Resolutions, a podcast about dispute resolution and prevention. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support our podcast, please share it with others, subscribe, or leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with all the latest information on dispute resolution, follow the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information on other ABA dispute resolution programs and publications, including upcoming events, visit www.americanbar.org forward slash dispute. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.